When it comes to resigning from a position, you're making a major strategic decision that will ultimately leave your personal character on display. In this two-part series, we're disclosing thoughtful details that will help you decide if leaving is right for you, and if it is, we're also sharing the most appropriate ways to amicably part from a position. Welcome to the Burt Force Podcast. Our show helps active duty military spouses land virtual careers. Each week, we'll be uncovering the secrets of virtual work to help get you hashtag hired. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the show for you. We're bringing you everything from juicy job opportunities to advice on how to glow up for a virtual interview. And now, Let's meet our host. She's the change maker responsible for getting over 700 military spouses hashtag hired and making a $15 million impact in the military community. Burt Force founder, professional speaker, remote staff augmentation specialist, visionary. Here's our host, Kimber Hill. Burt Force, I got a message from a mill spouse friend, let's call her Liz, a couple of months ago, who said, I have a confession and I need some advice. I've tentatively accepted another offer that is conditional on a background check, but I don't know when or how to tell my current employer. I've known for a few weeks and honestly, I feel guilty and I'm not sure I'm doing this right. I happen to know that she had a really awesome job with a great employer, but truth be told, we don't all love our bosses and we don't all love our jobs. Every situation is different and there is no such thing as the perfect job. But honestly, I could really feel her predicament and feel her pain. She was having pressure. There's this pressure that you have to leave because the new offer is better for you and your family and you feel like you may not get a better opportunity or a better chance, then there's this immediate fear of not wanting to let down a boss who you may have grown close to or even your team members. And once you do finally decide to make the decision to leave, you then buzz with questions. When do I tell? How do I tell? And really, timing is everything. Today, we're going to tackle one of these problems. We're going to tackle the pressure to leave and chat about how to approach leaving with caution. Next week, we'll get into that guilty feeling, that fear of letting down your team, and discuss exactly how and when you should leave your job. It all starts with why you're leaving, though. Most people leave their jobs to pursue an opportunity that provides greater compensation or a better title and position. I'm going to lay some truth bombs on you today that are a little uncomfortable, but that will also help you make the best decision for yourself if you're faced with the decision to stay or leave. You see, what a lot of people don't think about is that there is always risk with starting a new job. It's not always a walk in the park to join a new company or 
totally shift gears from what you're currently doing. There are things that you need to consider. Will you and your new team get along? Will you live up to the pay scale and associated performance expectations? I say this not to put fear in your head or in your heart, but I do want to share that I've personally seen new team members brought on with high salaries only to have the weight of the world laid on their shoulders. You know, the company expects them to come in and totally revamp a department or be the savior for whatever effort they're working on. And it ultimately results in demotions or performance improvement plans that ultimately lead to separation of employment. So how can you avoid these risks when you're thinking about leaving your current opportunity and moving forward into a better opportunity? There are two ways. Number one, I want you to be very, very clear about what expectations from you come with that new salary and new title at that new company before you accept it and research the heck out of that new company. And option two is talk to your current employer before you accept a new offer. Option two may seem radical and uncomfortable. Why would you want to talk to your current employer about leaving? Well, here's my insight. Over the past seven years, Time and time again, I have seen quality peers and team members immediately turn in a resignation notice at the sign of a newer and higher offer. I've even been so disappointed to see someone go that I've personally reached out to the CEO of a company to ask, hey, what are you doing letting this person go? Have you considered making a counter offer? And you know what their answer was. We're not making a counter offer because he turned in his notice and accepted a new position before talking to us about his goals and his needs. I even asked the same team member, hey man, what was your exit strategy? Did you ask for a promotion or a raise before turning in your notice? And you know what he said? I wanted to stay, but I figured... If they wanted to keep me badly enough, they'd call a meeting to make a counter offer once I turned in my notice. How crazy it was to me that the leadership team and the employee were on such completely different pages about what submitting a notice means. You see, to the employer, when you turn in that piece of paper that says, I quit, there are very few circumstances where you get a second chance to stay, even if you change your mind. So it is imperative that you know you want to quit before you do that. So how do you know you want to quit? Let's dive deeper into pros and cons right after this break. This is Brittany and Leslie from the Mill Spouse Coffee House podcast. You're listening to the Vertforce podcast. This podcast helps you on your career journey no matter where you are. So after you have taken that journey and you are tired and you need a laugh, come on over to Mill Spouse Coffee House where we're serving up laughs. <laughs> after you've listened to Vert Force Podcast where they can help you, you can bring your resume to us and we'll give you unprofessional advice. Find the Mill Spouse Coffee House Podcast on your favorite podcast playing platform. You can also visit our website at millspousecoffeehouse.com. And now back to Kimber and the Vert Force team. 
Need help with your resume? Vertforce has your back. Listen to our Resume Bootcamp series, which covers episodes 47 through 60 of this show. Play them in chronological order to build a winning resume tailored to the virtual job market. Resume Bootcamp also offers a subscription-based online course and private community. Learn how you can opt in to our live trainings and resume critiques at bit.ly forward slash VF hyphen BC. So we now know that turning in the two-week notice prematurely is boxing yourself in. Let's chat about reasons you may want to use this opportunity to show loyalty rather than leaving. While this may sound counterintuitive, the best way to ensure your next position levels you up in seniority and salary is to demonstrate longevity in your current role. What looks good on your LinkedIn and resume to future employers is longevity with a company. I'm talking three to five years per company. These stents of time, refining your expertise in a particular area or industry, are what make your value go up with a company. Remember, employers' biggest internal problem is and almost always will be hiring and retention. So being loyal to an employer is very sought after in today's career market and will ultimately speak volumes about you to a new employer when you're confident you're ready to move on. It will also help you command the salary you want when you're ready for a new role. On the same note, did you know your benefits often increase or improve with time? Salary, hourly wages, PTO, 401k contributions, and even other perks that may be unique to your employer will increase at your three and five year marks. Some employers even do annual bonuses or will increase your bonus incentives and much more for demonstrating dedication to their company. You can also use these benefits as negotiation factors when you're ready to move into a new role, making staying with your current company for three to five years much more valuable to you. For example, if you're leaving a job where you've worked up to four weeks of annual PTO instead of the standard two weeks of annual PTO, you can ask your potential new employer to start you at four or five weeks of annual PTO as a part of your initial benefits, since that's something you're already offered at your current employer. It's easier for you to grow in these areas if you're with one organization longer. In reality, though, I know and you know it's not always about a higher paying salary, a title, or climbing the career ladder. Sometimes leaving is about finding a better fit that suits the lifestyle you want. More often than not, a conversation with your existing employer about your work-life balance can lead to a more suitable position for you within the company. I've known many colleagues to drop to per diem, which is even below part-time, in order to retain their current job but still accommodate life changes. 
I've also seen colleagues negotiate consistent days of the week off and reduced workloads. I know many colleagues who don't work Thursdays or Fridays or Fridays and Mondays, and it works out for them. It helps them create the work-life balance that they're looking for. And you see from the employer's perspective, the time invested in you to help you become a functioning and effective member of the team is important. And sometimes it's worth the effort to attempt to accommodate your needs. Let's take a look back at my friend who turned in his notice too early. Let's call him Tom. So what really went wrong with Tom's career move? I will give you the insider scoop. Tom had verbally hinted to his manager that he was interested in growing with the company. Then the manager passed the information up the chain of command and Tom was loosely shortlisted for consideration for future leadership roles. But that wasn't fast enough for Tom and a few weeks later, he turned in his notice directly to his manager, accepting an offer elsewhere. And in this action, he sealed his fate. I'm not declaring that what Tom did was wrong. In fact, Tom and I did not keep in touch, so I'm not sure how he is now, and that could have been the best decision of his life. But what I am saying is that if Tom really wanted to entertain a counteroffer, like he told me, or remain employed with his current employer, he could have handled it a little differently with open dialogue. And I hate to say it, but it needs to be said. You cannot expect the management team to advocate for you. You will always have to advocate for yourself. So, as hard of a pill as it is to swallow, you have to advocate for yourself. More often than not, what I find is that most employees are just not educated on how to open this dialogue with their employers. Here are other options Tom had. Tom could have put his desired goals in writing via email and submitted them not only to his direct manager, but his manager's supervisor as well. This may have made a difference because sometimes you don't realize how little influence or power your direct manager has, making your needs and desires known to the person above him or her is the most results-driven way to ensure you're heard. Another option, Tom could have directly said what he wanted in person. For example, I'd like to make 10000 more a year and have a leadership role within the next six months, within the next three months, or by this time next year. This gives Tom's manager an idea of what Tom's lifestyle needs are and how they're changing. It also helps his manager to see, okay, if we're not able to push Tom in this direction, we may lose Tom. A third option for Tom may have been, once he received his new offer, Instead of turning in a notice, he could have requested an in-person meeting with his manager and his supervisor, informed them of the new offer, and asked, would you consider countering? I would be interested in staying if so. All of this may seem very forward, but had it been handled in any of these three ways, Tom likely would have received a counteroffer, 
and had an opportunity to retain his employment in better working conditions than before. The employer is likely to see your initiative to do these things as an asset, and you will be able to tell by their reaction if staying is truly an option for you or not. All right, this concludes our discussion about approaching your exit with caution. Next week, we're going to tackle how to get over your guilty feelings or fear of turning in your notice and exactly how and when you should leave your job. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. All right, Vert Force, that is it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate our podcast, and leave us a review. We really love hearing from you. If you need to find the show notes, which include all of the resources we discussed in this episode, you can find those at vertforce.us. Guys, I'm serious when I say we want to hear from you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, email us at support at vertforce.us. As a reminder, all content associated with the Vertforce podcast is the intellectual property of Vertforce LLC. All right, catch you next week.